Well, if you've uh, got your notes open, you've got your paper notes or your your uh, smartphone on our U version, then we're going to go ahead and jump into hearing part two. And of course, uh, like I've shared before, I, I like the little play on words stuff. And uh, so this is a little different kind of hearing because guess what? All of us are here. We're here. Our here is somewhere. We can sit there and go through and look at our finances and our finances are here. Our relationships have a here. Our relationship with God has a here. Us, as we move forward in our assignment, it has a here. Our giving has a here. Our time in the word has a here. And God wants us to move forward from here. It's not that all of our hears are terrible. Some of our hears are pretty good. But that's why the word tells us that he moves us from, from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from one great place to the next great place. And some of our hears are pretty ugly. Some of our hears, we don't like them. And the beautiful thing is God rescues us from the murk and the mire and he sets our feet on a solid here, on solid ground and allows us to have a fresh place to move forward from. So wherever you are on that scope, maybe you're going just in the next step of good. Maybe you're saying, man, I'm in a ditch and I need out now. This is applicable to all of us. And honestly, I want to, I want to pray for us. And I don't pray, I, we pray over every message, but I don't pray for you like this every message. But this is one where I think that there's this, the, the truth that we have to stand on, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because what we're about to do is I'm about to ask you to get real honest. And when you do that, the Holy Spirit is going to be sweet. And the enemy is going to be mean. And he's going to try to define you by your stuck place. And the Holy Spirit is going to try to tell you, no, you don't have to be here anymore. And I want us to be purposeful to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and ignore because any voice of condemnation is not your Papa God. It's not. So we're going to be aware of it and just bring it to our consciousness that that's not... That's not the voice of our Father. Our Father is loving and he leads us forward in love. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for this moment. Lord, I thank you for the truth that you love us so much you meet us right where we are. And God, I thank you that you love us so much you do not leave us here. Lord, that you move us from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And Lord, as we look into the perfect truth of your word, Lord, that it reveals to us our hearts and where we are. And God, and I thank you, Lord, for just a fresh grace on us to be able to be honest with you, Lord, and that we just silence the voice of the enemy right now. There's no room for condemnation. That's not us. That doesn't, you don't look at us that way. And God, I thank you, Lord, that we can really get, from a, pl get a place of freedom by allowing your truth to enter our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here, let's go ahead and get into this here is where God meets us. I say it all the time. God loves us enough to meet us right where we are and loves us enough to not leave us there. If you don't understand both of those things, you'll either avoid God when you need Him or you'll think, hey, it's okay that I don't grow. God loves me. It's all cool. And you end up with this, this idea of grace that produces no change. And grace brings about the change. It's God's change, not our change. But grace brings about a change in our lives. And so God loves us so much. And he, but we must understand that he desires to give us a new here. 
He desires to give us a new here. Ultimately, that's what the message of Jesus is all about. Because guess what? All of our here's are going to end someday. And he wants us to have a life-giving eternal here with him in heaven. It's all about the big here, that here. And that's why we, our first place is getting that taken care of. We say yes to him. We're not, we're not at this moment showing up to church so maybe we can earn a place in heaven. No, we get that here taken care of as soon as we recognize that Jesus Christ is the Savior, that he paid the price for our sin, and we step over from death to life, and we get a brand new eternal here right then and there. And that's taken care of forever. But then as he begins to transform us, we get a, he's, he's moving us. He's moving us and taking us forward a step at a time. A step at a time. We've said it from day one. We celebrated our fifth anniversary last week. And, and we, from day one, we said the one thing that it's going to require for people to hang out with Celebration Church over a long period of time, there's one principle you're going to have to adhere to. And it's not even that Jesus Christ is Savior. We said, oh my gosh, this is a Christian church. You don't have to agree on that. No. You can come and be skeptical of that and hang out with us. If you're skeptical today of that, you're welcome here. Okay? What, I, what we ask of you is to be willing to move forward. That's what we ask. So what we can't do is we can't be a bunch of Christians who say, hey, we're pretty dang good and we don't need a change. That's intolerable at Celebration Church. We're all going to grow. Okay? And so whether we've been walking with God a long time or maybe you're here just checking this out and somebody drug you here, I don't know why. But if you're skeptical, that is fine. Okay, but we're all going to be willing. If you're going to be with us over a long period of time, you're going to have to be willing to move forward from here. And that's what this is about. And I had the, the painful privilege of early this week to go to Oklahoma City. We jetted right after service was over and uh, walked in at the tail end of a, of a funeral reception thing. And then we did the actual memorial service on Monday for a very, very good friend of mine. He is a retired major. Tired out here at Goodfellow. He was the real Top Gun. Back when the movie Top Gun came out, and they had the little they, the movies about the little Navy program that they like play play pretend, and um, that he was the Air Force, which the Air Force and the Navy would have their little competitions, and the Air Air Force always killed the Navy, and so him and his guy, his call sign was was Turbo, you know Maverick and Goose and Iceman and all that. He's Turbo. Is who I did the the funeral for, and Turbo and his guy, they were the number one. They were the Top Gun that year, and uh, the so cool thing about him is you, you would have to get to know him a long time before he'd even bring that up. That and and he graduated Top Gun the year the movie Top Gun came out. I mean, he was just legit. It was just so awesome. Well, these super good friends of ours, and and it was just a a painful deal. He was just such a man of integrity and honor. And I was so blessed that they asked me. They're connected with a lot of great ministers and whatnot. Craig Rochelle, who our youth did a book, went through their book. It was in the audience as I'm sitting there doing, the, doing this deal. I mean, it was just an honor, just some ministry royalty there in the house. And as I'm talking about Ted and thinking about all that, to, to us, he was Mr. Teg. And um, he would, when I was thinking about Mr. Teg and all that he did, one of the stories that came back to me was the memory of when we traveled. And we talked about last week that we traveled in 08 getting ready for this. And one of our stops was Life Church. And, and while we were there, we were staying in our motorhome. We were staying out at a little park on a, at a lake called um, Arcadia, Lake Arcadia. And we were staying out there. And 
we're not used to, every once in a while a, a tornado will come through West Texas. But it's not like all the time. Oklahoma, I mean, they're going to have tornadoes every year. It's just going to happen. Oklahoma City's been hit so many different times, it's not even funny. Well, we're there in our motorhome. And, of course, everybody knows dwellings on wheels don't get along with tornadoes. They're just bad news. They don't mix well. And uh, so we're in our motorhome staying out there. And um, we're just snoozing. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Me and the cutie and the five kids, are, we're out sound asleep. And all of a sudden, our, my cell phone starts ringing. Well, it's Mr. Ted and his wife, Pam. And they're calling us and saying, there is a tornado headed straight up Route 66, which is where we were on, which is where Arcadia is. said, it is just about a mile and a half, and it is just beelining straight to you. Get out of your motorhome. And so we grab our pillows, and we get out, and we go into the women's bathroom, which made our my boys bother them. And so we go in the women's bathroom, put our pillows over our head, and we huddle. And um, bless God, we pray the the um, tornado takes a turn, does minimal damage, dissipates, goes away. And um, on on Oklahoma scales, it was like a non-event. But man, for 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 us, it was for us it was huge. It was this big deal. And what was so amazing is that I was in the middle of a dangerous here, and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. But there was somebody who understood my hear better than me who rang my phone and said, you know what? You don't need to stay there anymore. It was fine for a while. We can go back to it again. But right now, you, your hear needs to change. And my family evacuated. And I'm telling you, if, that, if it had stayed on course, it would have been an ugly situation. Thank goodness it didn't. Today, that's what we're doing. We're understanding that God has a better view and he understands what you're like, what's really happening in your life. He has a better view of your here. And we need to let him tell us what's going on, where we are, and let's be honest about where, what's going on. Because to move forward from here, you must be willing to acknowledge where you currently are. I can never tell this story on Colin ever again. I think even if she's three, she won't tolerate it. But right now, she doesn't know. But uh, right now, Colin, of course, we're going through the whole potty training thing, and she has to wear the diapers. And so I have to ask Colin, hey, did you go potty? And she goes, nope, and just tries to get out of there. And she will just flat lie to your face. She'll just tell you, and I'm telling you, she's got an issue that needs to be dealt with. It's causing other people issues. If you get my drift. It's not good for the atmosphere of the home. And, but she does not want to deal with it at that moment. We have to be willing to deal with it and acknowledge when the Holy Spirit says, hey, this is an issue to go, all right, God, you're right. See, Genesis 3.8, as soon as humanity had an issue, as soon as humanity disconnected with God, as soon as humanity did, the first thing that God asked <clears throat> fallen humanity was this question. It says, Then the man and his wife, this is Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
They had just disobeyed God. They had just said, mm, we're, we're, we think that we can eat this fruit and all is going to be cool. And they had just disobeyed God and had felt that disconnection. It says, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. So they're hiding. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? I think that is so poignant that the first thing that God creation, not because God didn't know where he was, God knew where he was. We understand that of the principles of God. God knew where he was. He needed Adam to recognize where he was. He needed Adam to understand it. Anybody who's ever gone through any kind of recovery program says the first step is to recognize you actually got a problem. You can't help anybody recover from anything if they say, I don't have a problem. They're stuck. They're going to continue to have a problem until they go, "Mm, I've got a problem. And then you can go forward. Then you can go to the next step. And that's what the Lord said. Where are you? And Adam answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. God, I was afraid. And so I I went away from you. That is immediately, as soon as we become aware of our deficiencies in the presence of God, we become Afraid and we want to stonewall God and keep him away and not be honest about where we are. We have to be willing to do it. One of Jesus' most famous parables hinges on a young man recognizing where he was and where that path was taking him. It's the story of the prodigal son. And the turning point is when uh, that young man understands where he is. He had sit there and he, he stayed away from his loving father this whole time. Initially, if you don't know the story of the prodigal son, there's a dad that has two sons. One of them decides, he's the younger son, decides that, hey, I'm tired of being under my dad's thumb. I'm done with this. Pops, I want my inheritance now. Honestly, dad, I basically say, I can't wait till you're dead, dad. I can't wait till you're dead. You're not dying fast enough. Give me my stuff. So the dad's like, all right. Gives him his stuff. Gives him his money. And then he leaves. It's not like, dad, I want to stay here and make you proud and show you what I'm going to do with it. No, he jacks and he runs and he goes. And then he begins to just blow it. He lives high on the hog. Daddy was prosperous. He begins to live good and all's going well for a season. And then we catch up with him in Luke 15 verse 14. And after he had spent everything, he's broke. He is so broke. There was a severe famine in the whole country. Isn't it amazing how sometimes that the problems begin to compile? Anybody ever feel like, okay, I'm broke at the worst time I could possibly be broke? We maybe could have endured this hardship had it happened a different time. So he's broke. There's a famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. Now you have to remember this is Jesus who is a Jew and he's talking to a Jewish audience and pigs are detestable. To the Jewish people. They are not allowed to enjoy bacon like you and I. Okay? Bacon is good. And so, not good for you, but it's tasty. And uh, 
And so they, there's like bacon's just terrible. It's, there's no, no pork and this is just, so the fact that this guy is going and feeding pigs, in his mind, he's at the low of the low. And it says, and, he, and then he hits this place. He is so hungry. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He wanted to steal pig slop and eat it. Somehow in his integrity, he did not. He desired to steal pig slop, but he didn't do that. And nobody gave him anything. It says, and when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food, have, I'm doing what you did, babe, have food enough to spare. And here I am starving to death. Where I'm at, my here, is on a beeline to death. He comes to his senses. And immediately he begins to make his decision. I'm going to go back to dad. And I'm going to say, dad, just, just hire me. Just hire me. I don't need to be your son anymore. I've, 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 I've blown it. I've ruined it. I've ruined your name. Just hire me. I'll work for you. You're a good boss. I know you're fair. Just hire me. He makes this plan and he goes back and he goes up to dad. And dad is on the bed on the front porch and he comes running. And he don't even get to get his whole speech out. And his dad throws a new robe on him and puts a ring on him and puts sandals on him and makes the biggest meal this guy's ever seen. Biggest meal his brother who never went anywhere ever seen. Caused all sorts of jealousy issues over there which is a whole other sermon. But everything changed when this guy understood where he was and that his dad's low end of the of the scale was awesome just hire me my dad's so good he's just he's good to his servants just hire me he understood that his path was leading to death and that his daddy was was a good guy folks we can turn to our father in the middle of our here because he loves us and he's good He's good. We can be honest about where we are. We want to throw up the walls. We want to go through life without really recognizing what's going on because it's painful to see and take a good look at it. But we have to be willing to do that and understand where we really are so the Holy Spirit can transform us and move us forward. See, to move forward from here, we must be willing to follow Jesus. Mark 1 17 through 18. We have Jesus from the very beginning has called people to follow him. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. These are guys who are fishermen. He's like, I'm going to take what you're gifted at. I'm going to use it to bless people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. They didn't say, ah, oh, man, give me a year to tie up my loose ends and let me make sure all this is in order. They just went. They understood they had an opportunity for a new year in following Jesus and they were willing to go immediately. When the Holy Spirit draws you, move forward right then. The grace is there then. The grace is there right then. Pastor John, my pastor, he'll be here in a, in a couple of months to do the dedication for uh, my daughter. and He's been my pastor for a long time. Back when he first got into ministry, he had, a, he had 
Oklahoma farm boy. He just chewed. He had a he had a, a, a an addiction to chewing tobacco, and he just chewed. And he tried to quit, and tried to quit, and tried to quit. And he talked to his pastor about it. And his pastor said, "Quit worrying about quitting." He said, "Stop that." He said, "As soon as you feel like the Holy Spirit tells you that now's the moment to let go of that, then be purposed to respond immediately." The purpose to respond right then, but don't worry about it. Just chew till then and don't worry about it. So he quit worrying about it. He's an old railroad guy, engineer, worked on the railroad. Had it, said he had just bought him a brand new fresh pouch of Red Man. Fresh, popped it open, smelled it good. Just So goes to get his first big chew. I feel like the Holy Spirit said, don't. You're free from that. You don't need it. And he said immediately, he just threw it away, never chewed again the day in his life. It wasn't this big battle. It wasn't this big thing. It was, it was response to the Spirit of God. God's leading us into life, and he's empowering us to live that life. He's not demanding that we live according to his standards. He is living within us. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, that he empowers us to live where we were designed to live to begin with. It's not to try to live up to his standards. It's to, to live to where we were built to live. Where we're not hurting ourselves on a regular basis, but we have to be willing to follow. I love the story of the young lady that was filling out her college application. She's going along, filling it out. She couldn't wait to go to college. She comes to the, um, to the part. And there's a question that says, are you a leader? Well, she was an honest, conscientious individual. And she's like... I'm just not. I'm just not a leader. She says, no, I'm not a leader. Finishes out. She was discouraged. She's like, this college is looking for leaders. And I, I'm just, there's not even any point of me sending this in. But she went ahead, finished it, did her stuff, sent it in. Gets a letter a few weeks back later from this college saying that uh, as of the fall of this next year, our college is going to have 1,492 new leaders. And we have accepted you because we feel like they need at least one follower. (laughs) The truth is everybody wants to be defined as a leader. We all want to lead. We all want it our way. Everybody goes through and we all want. I want to be the big cheese. I want to be the decision maker. I want to be on top. I want to be the leader. I want my way. But Jesus says, no, if you're going to move forward, you have to be willing Instead of being the leader in your forward motion, you have to let the Holy Spirit be the leader in your forward motion. That's why I said then earlier, I said in, whenever we met the last Sunday of 2013, I said, look, let's let the Holy Spirit build what he wants to do in you. Don't say, God, I want my move forward to look exactly like this. Here's my wish list for the year, Lord. It's okay for you to have desires. God very well may have put those there. I don't discount that at all. What I say is make sure you quiet yourself and say, God, what are you wanting to do? What piece of me are you wanting to move forward? We have to be willing. 1 Samuel 3, 4 says, Then the Lord called to Samuel and said, Samuel, here I am. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak. For your servant is listening. Samuel was the first prophet of Israel. And he said, he was willing to say, as a young man, as a young boy, to say, here I am, 
and speak because I'm listening. If you want to move forward with God, you have to say, God, I'm right here and speak because I'm going to listen to you. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So you can speak directly to us. It's a beautiful thing. Mark 10 says, Jesus, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him, said, good teacher. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. He wanted him to make sure who he, that he knew he was talking to. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He's running down parts of the Big Ten. Ten Commandments. Teacher, <clears throat> teacher, he declared, all of these I've kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. You have to understand that when Jesus asks you to move forward, it's from a place of love. And this guy came to Jesus. He's asking Jesus, what do I need to do? Jesus looks at him and loves him. And he says, one thing you lack. My goodness, I know if he's, Brand- he'd say, Brandon, whoop, the first thing you lack. Oh, if it was only one thing you lacked. One thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Inviting him to follow him personally. At this time, the man's face fell. It fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth and he was unwilling He's unwilling to part with it. Jesus looked it around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter into the kingdom of God? Those who feel like that they have taken care of their own needs by their own power is the rich. And we can find ourselves rich in confidence, rich in relationships, rich in talent, rich in a lot of different things. And now I guarantee you, you want to find where you have a hard time struggling to trust God and it's going to be where you feel like you got it under control. It just is. The last thing I want us to understand is things truly change when we make our here Jesus's here. He's inviting us all right to him. That's what he did with the rich young ruler. And he just stonewalled. He, he walked away. But let's look at this. One, one of the most um, um, noted miracles. Matthew 14 through 16. Jesus replied, They do not need to go. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Our here is only five loaves and two fish. Okay, that's what we've got. We look out and we see this big sea of people who are hungry and all we have here is this. And look what Jesus simply says. Bring them here to me. They were in the disciples here and then those five loaves and two fish were shifted to Jesus' here. Look at what happens when it becomes Jesus' here. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass. He still just has five loaves and two fishes, and now he's setting everybody down. All right, we're going to arrange this, make sure this is done decently and in order, and where we can make this happen. And he takes the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. He was thankful for what was that here. 
And then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over, and the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Started out with five loaves and two fish, end up with 12 baskets, and everybody else gets to eat. Why? Because it went from there here to Jesus is here. Let's be willing to step in. Jesus says, come on, follow me. Let's do this. I don't care what it is that you're struggling with or you're, 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 you've, you've kept the Holy Spirit at bay in an area. I'm telling you, it's worth it to trust him. God loves you so much that he meets you right here. And God loves you so much that he does not leave you here. He is constantly taking us from one here to another here. And part of enjoying the process is enjoying every little here we have with God. Knowing that it's not where we're ultimately going. Not saying, I'm going to enjoy it when we... No, let's enjoy it while we... We have his presence. We have his peace. We have all those different things. Let's do that. Let's do that. And it begins, like I mentioned earlier, it begins with understanding. It begins with understanding where we are. And if you're here and you say, Brandon, I don't know that if, if my life was over, if heaven would be my here. I don't know. Well, we can fix that right now. Because it starts with having a relationship with God. It begins right there. So let's create a quiet moment. Let's do that. And if, you are, <clears throat> if you're here today, and you're saying, you know what, Brendan, I, I want to embrace the truth that Jesus died for me. That he, his death covered my death, and now his life is my life. That I, I by myself, have brought death and, and hell on myself. But because of what Jesus has done, then he allows me to step over into life and heaven evermore. If that's you, I want you to just lift your hand and we won't pray with you.